It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 A Ticket and theticketfm.com. Another week, another edition of Outside the Box being brought to you by Raising Canes here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Joel Norman, and we're joined by the head coach of the Lincoln Stars, Rocky Russo. Rocky, how are we doing here tonight? You lost your shoe right before we got started, but you're getting that set. But otherwise, how are you doing today? I'm good. There's something in my shoe. My shoe fell off. Uh, my chair's a little bit too high. My microphone's a little too low. Um... I'm good, Joel. I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing well. We're adapting on the fly, kind of like you have to do over the course of a hockey game. You yeah, know? of you course. Might, might, good. N- might not get off the footing you want, but you figure it out along the way. And, you know, this weekend you guys came away with three big victories, three games in three days. We stressed it all last week and came out flying colors. Uh, looking back a couple of days now after you've had a chance to breathe after a busy stretch, what were some of your takeaways from the six-point weekend? I mean, it started with a obviously a big comeback on on uh, Friday with two shorthanded goals and, and the same penalty kill and and a big shootout victory and and then uh, a huge win on on Saturday night. Two important games at home in the ice box and then you know I I talked to the guys a little bit. You get greedy, right? Once you know, you go in the end of that weekend and you're like, okay, four out of six. Like if we're really lucky, five out of six is a really good weekend. Mm-hmm. Then you got four in the bank going into Sunday, and you're like, "Wow, yeah, I, we got to sweep this thing." And and uh, we were feeling good about the way we played on on Saturday, and we knew that uh, that Sunday wasn't going to be easy. But like you and I talked about in the post game, it was just it's kind of a weird game, right? Yeah. There's a major penalty, there's stoppages for ice cleanup, and and uh, some interesting calls early on in the game, and and. Uh, you know, it's it's just one of those games where, you know, you pick your head up at the end and you're like, man, we're really, really happy to come away with that with two points. But I'm not sure whether we played good or we played bad or, or somewhere in the yeah. middle. But uh, there's there's games like that where you just don't question it and you're just really happy about finding a way to, to come away with a big win. And the one thing you and I kind of agreed about with Sunday's game is that good teams find ways to win games like that. It's a stale Sunday afternoon game in a sense, and yet, as you mentioned, the weird instances on the ice, but the really great teams find ways to win ones like that, and you guys did. Yeah, of course, and and uh, like I said in again in the post game, like we they score in the second shift of the game, and then you know we have the first goal waived which should have counted the puck was clearly uh still free and and then the second goal's waived that shouldn't have counted we played it down with a glove and and first touched it so um you know you're down one nothing on the scoreboard but you're up to one technically with pucks that have gone into the net mm-hmm. and um you know for a team that's that's frustrated maybe maybe a week ago maybe we don't come back from that but I always believed in the the character of the team and uh, sometimes battling through adversity makes you a stronger group. And I do believe that the games we lost in the two previous weekends put us in a, in a situation where we learned a lot about ourselves. And then, uh, you know, you get into that situation and you don't panic. You realize there's a lot of hockey left. We took control the second half of the, the period there in the, in the first and, you know, shots were eight to two at one point in the first period and they finished nine, eight us. And so I really felt like we kind of 
put a stranglehold on that that game going into the second, and then obviously we got a couple big goals there in the second period. But again, it could have been could have been so much worse. Like we we had so many chances. We had the five minute major, and and you're still staring down a one goal lead, and you're like, man, one shot, one turnover, one one mistake, and it's a tie game. And you know, on the road, I guess you probably feel a little bit more comfortable in that situation because you don't feel the stress of playing at home and you're, you're kind of playing with the house's money because you got four in the bank to start the day. But um, but you still want to win that game, and, and it's a game in hand against the two teams that were chasing, and we knew how valuable that was. So there's just kind of a lot riding on it, even though we're only here in, in early February. Yeah, there's a lot to recap from this weekend. If you missed the three games, the Stars started it off last Friday against Sioux Falls. They had four different deficits that they were able to overcome over the course of that game and won ultimately 6-5 to five in the shootout. Saturday hosted Sioux City after a home victory on Friday, defeated them by a 5-3 to three score, and then wrapped it up on the road on Sunday at Sioux City a 3-2 victory against the Musketeers. And as you mentioned, Rocky, Sioux City was chasing you guys in the standings. Heading into Saturday's game, they were two points back of that third-place spot that you guys are in in the West. You guys now have a six-point cushion on them. It's Again, there's a lot of time left in the season, but I thought it was huge to get a little bit of separation right there. I think it was a a huge turning point for us. And, And, yes, there's a lot of hockey left, and, uh, you can, you know, we're sitting, I think, seven or eight back of Fargo, and and we feel the same thing, right? We can we can make that ground up, especially with four games head to head against them. Granted, they're all in their building, but we feel confident about that. Um, but putting some some breathing room in between us and and them was important. We've kind of done our job against Tri City, right? I think we're six three and one or something against them yep. this year, and I know we play them four more times, but not till. Uh, you know, March and then the last weekend of the year. Um, and they're a much different team now with yeah. the, the changes they've made to their roster. But, uh, you know, we, you, you take control of, of the things you can. And, and uh, that was two wins against Sioux City this weekend. The next task is two wins against Sioux Falls this weekend. We know that's not going to be easy. Uh, they gave us a heck of a fight on Friday in our building. They come back here this Friday. We go there on Saturday. And and so those are two two really big games because, um, you know, they're still, they still feel like they're very much in it for a, a playoff berth. And we want to continue to creep our way up and, and looking at home ice advantage if we can. That's a team you're seeing a ton this month. You mentioned last Friday we saw them twice this weekend, two weekends from now, two more times. So five times in a four-week span. The season ends today. That's the first-round opponent. So yes. you, you guys are getting an early look at that in a sense and trying to even move away from them and keep them from maybe even holding on to that spot. Well, I think, you know, the, the it's all interconference play, right? So it's going to shake out the way it shakes out. And, and uh, if you're Tri-City, if you're Sioux Falls, if you're Sioux City, if you're us – right you're you're just trying to control the things that you can control win the games that you need to win and um you know when you get the head-to-heads against the teams that are heady you got to try to find a way to to turn that into a a four-point swing right and and for us that was an eight-point swing against uh Sioux Falls or Sioux City this weekend got another one of those eight-point opportunities uh from a standing standpoint coming up this weekend against uh the Stampede. And also coming up here, beginning Friday, when we keep saying this this a lot, a busy stretch coming up. This is the busiest stretch of the season. Six games in ten days. Rocky, it feels like we're playing an NHL schedule beginning this Friday in a lot of ways. Talk. We don't travel quite the way the NHL teams That's do. That's also it. true. So, <laughs> um, 
it's going to be a challenge. There's no question about it. The the trip on on Saturday's tough. I know it's only four four and a half hours, but you just spend all day traveling to play a game. It's frustrating to me. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if we were going there for two. Sure. You know, and you check into the hotel after the game and you can rest and recover, but you turn right back around. Now, I don't know what's worse, playing on Friday there and being able to play at home on Saturday or vice versa, but, um, you know, we have the the ladder of that uh, those two options by traveling on Saturday. And then, you know, the, the Tuesday game, uh, again, it's I know we have some parameters within the schedule that we have to play X amount of non-Friday, Saturday games, and, and so that... Tuesday game satisfied one of those. Hopefully we get a good a good crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Valentine's Day, uh, yeah. which is a challenge. I know we have some hardcore fans that are going to be in attendance. but uh, uh, And then Thursday we're on the bus, and we're seven-plus hours to Fargo. We play in Fargo Friday and Saturday. We play in Sioux City on Sunday. Um, it's it's tough. It's a Sioux City, Sioux Falls. I don't even know where we play on Sunday. Is it Sioux City or Sioux Falls? We'll do Sioux City on the way back from I to and Fargo. So. Yeah, so – um, you know, you're looking at, at, uh, a lot of hockey in, uh, in a short period of time. And, and, uh, so our recovery and, and, you know, the, the practice time is all going to be very regimented, uh, this week and next week to allow for the guys to, to get the rest that they need and, and the recovery time that they need so we can be the best we can when the puck drops. Yeah. A busy stretch. As we mentioned, six games in 10 days coming up. One of those games you mentioned already, Ronke, coming up on Tuesday, it's Valentine's Day. The Stars are in action that night against Des Moines. You can get two tickets, one bear, and a $10 food and beverage token for $43 by purchasing one of our date night packages. And also tickets for that game are buy one, get one free coming up a week from tonight. So we won't have outside the box. Of course, next Tuesday, we'll be a little busy on the ice with that in the evening's game, but uh, great ways to enjoy the action there that evening. Now, Rocky, in a normal week show, we would probably spend the whole time talking about just how much is going on on the ice right now. But in addition to that, there's been a lot of news. What else is going on? Oh, in the last week or so with all these trades. Oh. That's what I'm referring to. I didn't know that was any anybody's <laughs> excitement or anything that, that got anybody fired No up. one's been too excited Fans about it, don't right? care about trades, no, right? I haven't seen any reaction since uh, today's news no. or last week, so we could ignore it, but <laughs> we won't. So. Why would we? Of course, we. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I wanted to talk about today's trade first. Uh, Garamon Yavash. Uh, joining the team from Fargo, an in-conference trade that you guys made this time. This was interesting because the other ones have been made with the Eastern Conference this season. You swap Marion Moscow for Yavasha forward. Talk to me about what fans can expect out of him once he joins the Stars. You know what? First of all, I want to thank uh, Marion for his time here. He's a great kid, and and, uh, he was a valuable asset for our club while he was here. But, uh, you know, when when we made the trade last week to bring Duns in, uh, we wanted we wanted experience, playoff experience, USHL experience, and uh, Duns has like 180 games played in the league, and yeah. and so uh, and multiple trips to the Clark Cup playoffs. So that's something that that you can't replicate with with almost any player in this league, but certainly not a, a rookie defenseman. And so. Um, you know, we made the conscious decision to go with him, and and uh, that that kind of made Marion uh, find himself in a tough situation, right? And and uh, the next play was where do we where do we put Marion? That's in the right that creates the right opportunity for him. And I'll give a ton of credit to Nick. 
he worked really hard to to work the phones and talk to the other GMs in the league to find the right option for for Marion and and we knew that uh, uh, Yavash was going to be available and uh, he's a player that that I always really uh, hated to play against. Uh, last year, I remember when they first brought him in and he's like this six foot three torpedo that just hits everybody and, and can make plays and shoots it. And he's not afraid to fight. And he's just, he's, he's what Nick and I felt like we were lacking a little bit on our roster. So, um, you know, Nick spoke to the GM there in Fargo and they were able to strike a deal for, it's a good hockey trade. It's an, it's a need-based trade for both sides. They they needed a D. We were looking for a forward. Um, they felt like uh, German was probably somebody that they they didn't want on their roster anymore. And and uh, so I think it worked out for everybody. You know, he finds a great home here in Lincoln and continues the opportunity to pursue a Clark Cup. He's not going to go to school next year, which means he's going to come back and be a Lincoln star next year, which is even better. And and Marion finds himself a fresh start and a, and a new opportunity to continue to develop before he matriculates on the Cornell. So, um, you know, I think that uh, that it's a win-win for both sides. Now, we'll see what Fargo thinks when they have to play against uh, Mr. Yavash in a couple weeks. But, uh, you know, we could say the same. They're probably saying the same thing about Marion. So uh, we're happy with uh, with bringing him in. I think he's, he's a, a much-needed addition to our club. And, uh, brings a dynamic that, that we didn't have at one point. Yeah, a straight-up one-for-one trade today. If you missed it, Yavash for the Stars now in exchange for Marion Mosco going to Fargo. Yavash committed to play at Western Michigan. Nine points in the 33 games, but last year was actually you know a little bit closer to being a point-of-game player. 23 points in 42 games. You feel like he can step in and make a difference immediately on the Stars, and who do you maybe foresee him playing with? I'm not sure who he's going to play with yet. Um you know, I've put some thought into it, and and he he's here in town. He landed uh, a couple hours ago, so he'll be at practice tomorrow, and and uh, we'll kind of see where he fits. But uh, you know, I felt like obviously the you know the Fargo club is is coached by a different coach this year than last year, and and they're having tremendous success this year. But um, you know, I I'm not sure that German was maybe being used in the same fashion this year as he was last year, and that happens, right? Coaches, sure. coaches have their own style and their own way of doing things, and and they're obviously having great success with Nick as their head coach. But um, you know, German was somebody that was just so incredibly hard to play against last year, and uh, you know, I foresee him having that type of impact for our team this year, and and uh, I think he can play anywhere in your lineup. He can play in the top six, he could play in the bottom six, he can play on the power play, he's going to eat up five on five minutes, he's going to be physical, he's going to be menacing, uh, I think he's going to be a fan favorite in the icebox. Yeah, well, that's really great to hear. I'm sure a lot of fans love hearing that right now. We're chatting Lincoln Stars hockey here on Outside the Box, being brought to you by Raising Canes on 93.7 The Ticket, talking about some of the recent trades the Stars have made. First off, acquiring Garamond Yavash from the Fargo Force today. Now, last week, Rocky, since the last time we were on the air, there was also another trade. Tyler Dunbar was acquired from the Muskegon Lumberjacks, and you touched on him a little bit. Just that USHL experience, 179 games to be exact now. I was close. You were. You said 180, <laughs> right? So you were one off. He'll get that Friday. But uh, a guy just with a ton of experience. He's got the most games played in the USHL on this roster. You got a chance to utilize him in the lineup this weekend. What stood out about his play? He's poised. Uh, he's smart. He retrieves pucks really well. Uh, he he sees the ice really well. He's a very good defender, good stick. 
Um, and, and because he's smart and responsible, he, he knows when to go, when to sit back. He's playing with Antonio, who obviously is very offensively talented as well. And I think that, uh, you know, they played really well with each other. It, it gave Tony some, some comfort, uh, to, to do some things knowing that his partner was back there. Not that Nelly wasn't Nelly did a great job with him, but, I feel like Nelly also had an excellent weekend playing with CR this weekend and, and kind of solidified those guys being comfortable together. And Box is just so versatile. Like, he plays yeah. with Klebs, he plays with Hartsy, he plays with, with Jimmy, doesn't matter. Like, he's he's just a guy that can go out and do his job no matter who his partner is. And, and so, you know, what we have now is AD that we can rely on and, and – uh, that that experience and that that uh, reliability that that a veteran D like Dunsey brings just something that uh, that you just can't replicate without them having going through that. It felt like just from watching games this past weekend that that was the missing piece for that blue line in a lot of ways. You, you know what? It's it's funny because there's some other teams that made big splashes, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, and we were in on we were in on all those guys. We just, you know, I, I, I do think we still probably had the best offer on the Matika kid. Um, but there's some things in play that we don't necessarily have control of. And, um, Matika ended up in Waterloo and, and the bump thing, like, uh, I mean, anybody that tracks the social media can see what, what was given up for bump in regards to the, the six or eight draft picks plus there's conditions in there for for future uh future considerations which is affiliate list players to be named later and and uh i think a lot of alex bump but you know nick and and uh alberto and and myself like we talked and it was just so much to give up for for a guy that's got nine goals now i know that he's far for more capable of of scoring than just the nine goals that he has but to give up eight draft picks and and future uh players on your affiliate list you're you're mortgaging your future yeah and you know we think we we think we have a team that can win right now and we love the guys that are in the room we believe in the guys that are in the room and so you know nick finally just said hey i think this is too much and and uh i applaud him for for having the having the strength to to turn down that that deal and believing in the group that we built in um in august because you know we do think we have a club that can that can win right now and there is a second trade deadline in the ushl and and you know if if something comes about in the next three weeks that just we're, we it's too good to pass up then we'll have that conversation but right now we like our group and we believe in the group and the culture that we've built and you know, we have the X factor because I think we have the best goalie in the USHL and Cameron Whitehead. And, and uh, you know, when, when you have a group built from the net out, you have a chance immediately. And But, you know, the other pieces that we have, shoring up the D, the D was really, really important. And, and then adding Yavash to the group up front adds that element of toughness. And, and uh, so we feel like the moves that we made were, were excellent. And, and they helped to make us better without changing the look of of what that team really is and and uh that was important for nick and important for me because um you know alberto has told us he doesn't want to make a ton of changes and he wants our guys to have the opportunity to develop and grow and and we've taken that to heart and so when we do make changes we're very careful about them and and make sure they're they're the right ones now they're they're not always the right ones um but you know nobody's perfect you're going to make mistakes we you know, we, we, we brought in Carson Bidens. Carson was great. 
and he was important to our club, but uh, German brought something different. And so Carson gets to, you know, gets the opportunity to play top six minutes in power play in North Iowa, uh, our our sister club there in the North American Hockey League, and he's going to go to school at Princeton next year. And, um, you know, I kind of feel like it was a win-win because yeah. Carson needed more ice than he was getting here, and, and uh, that certainly wasn't a personal decision that we made. It was, it was well, it was in the sense that we felt like it was a better opportunity for his growth and, and uh you know, keeping him here and having him play limited minutes and being scratched every few games just isn't isn't the uh, the mission statement that we have when it comes to the player development. I think you're making a good point there that you, Alberto Fernandez, Nick Fabrizio, you all talking about that personal side, wanting to do what's best by the player as well. And we do have a question from the text line, and again, you guys can join the conversation, 402-464-5685. That is the Sarder Heyman text line. Uh, and this one is to you, Coach. He says, several other Western Conference teams have traded for high-point producing forwards recently. Do you think the Stars need more great scoring, or do you like where you are? Well, uh, your question probably came in just prior to me answering the previous probably. question. But um, I, I like where we are. I like where we are. And, and yeah, Waterloo made a splash with uh, with Matika. Um, it, certainly, Tri-City has altered their roster in a in a pretty significant way by adding two goalies and and the Richard kid and and uh and then obviously Alex Bump um you know arguably the top player on the well the top scorer in in Muskegon the top scorer in Omaha Mm -hmm. um you know they they felt like they needed that and uh you know there's there's two ways those things can go and I've I've done this for 18 years and uh, I've made those blockbuster deals and, and uh, sometimes they work and sometimes they backfire because a player that was having a lot of success in one place doesn't necessarily have a lot of success in another place. There's only one puck. And and I don't know if there's enough pucks to go around when you've got 12 top six forwards on your team, which is probably what Tri-City has right now. I mean, their forward group on paper is absolutely loaded. Um, but who's not going to play on the power play? Who's going to sacrifice and kill penalties and block pucks? Um, who's going to be happy to to see their point totals start to to dwindle? Um, that's a that's a challenge to manage that. And and uh, you know I guess having an embarrassment of riches is a good thing. Um, but uh, but it brings a, a new set of problems. And so Fargo, you know Fargo added the Mellenbacher kid, and and uh, he's a talented player in his own right. They gave up a really high end 05 in Ty Hendricks. Um, you'll for anybody here uh, keep the keep the name Hendricks in mind because we have Ty's younger brother who's an 06 on our affiliate list, and he'll be a, a tremendous Lincoln star here in the near future. But uh, you know some some. Uh, specifically Fargo, you know, they paid a deep price with, with Hendricks to get Mallenbacher, but they feel like they can win. And uh, when you feel like you can win, uh, sometimes you, you, you have to go all in and Waterloo's gone all in. They brought in Matika. They brought in, um, they brought in Benoit. Uh, Tyler Procious was their captain. He's been hurt for a couple months. He hasn't played. I think they're dropping him. Um, like, how do you drop your captain? I know he's been hurt, but how do you drop your captain? And and I'm not in that locker room. That's just literally the bird's eye view from the outside perspective. Looks strange on paper. It does. and But you never know what's going on internally, right? Um, but I know Tyler Prochus is a heck of a hockey player. Um, so, you know, you don't know. You don't know whether it's going to work, and, and then it's easy to... 
have the hindsight of what happens three, four months from now, right? Oh, well, we should have made that move. We didn't make that move. Well, you make the best decision you can in, in the, the time frame in which you have the opportunity to, to assess it. And, and uh, you know, eight picks for bump was tough. Yeah. It was tough. And, and Tri-City's been at this with Jay and Jason Kohler and, and Anthony for six or seven years. And they're very good at what they do. So they acquire a lot of assets. Uh, they were able to make some trades that didn't involve their own draft picks. Uh, specifically for the Richards kid in Muskegon, all almost all the picks they gave for him were other assets they they acquired from other teams. Um, you know, we came in in the all, all opposite situation. A lot of our assets had been given away in the last few years, yeah. and so you know we've been fairly cautious about how we're managing our draft picks because we want to get to a point where we have some overflow and we can make some trades and and uh you know not be reckless but but know that if you're going to make a trade that involves five six seven eight draft picks if four of them aren't yours it doesn't hurt you as much um now tri-city gave up a quite a few of their own picks in in the bump trade but they obviously feel like he's something that they're missing um I'm not sure if they're right or not because their team looked pretty darn good on paper before they got Alex Bump, but, uh, you know, it never hurts to bring in an NHL draft pick, and, and they did that with the, the addition of Bumper there. So we'll see. We'll see. It's Everybody's got to mesh. Everybody's got to play together, and, and uh, everybody's got to be willing to sacrifice because it's only 10 guys that can play on the power play. Yeah. As you mentioned, 10 games already down against Tri-City. Don't see them again until the end of March, but it's going to be a very different-looking team when the Stars take on them again. So... Looking forward to that when we get to that point. Looking forward to what's coming up after the break. We're going to have Mason Marcellus and Antonio Fernandez joining us. Boy, they had some good weekends for the Stars in those three wins in three days. Stay tuned with us. This is Outside the Box being brought to you by Raising Canes on 93.7 The Ticket.